There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome to The Hotbed, Episode 7, Watching All the Hot Doctors on Grey's Anatomy. I'm Lisa Williams. I'm Anneke Somerville. And I'm Cherry Healy. And we are the Hotbed Collective, the collective set up to make the world a better place, one orgasm at a time. I really feel like we need a jingle at that point. Let's one orgasm at a time. Not either of those. None of those. But we do, don't you think? We need I a think jingle. We do. All Definitely. right. Sorry, Lisa. Back to you. Back to you. We are talking about screen sex today and screen sexiness. Are women being done a disservice by inaccurate sex scenes on film and TV? Why does screen sex so often show a woman coming to a screaming climax with a few quick thrusts? And uh, do men really know the reality of how it feels and that only 20% of women regularly orgasm like this? Is it doing them a disservice too? So let's set the scene before we talk about this. Where are we? We're not in Cherry's boudoir anymore, are we? We're not. We're actually, we've gone really cool, trendy, proper style, haven't we? Mm. We're in Soho Radio basement. Mm. And I love it here because it's right in the heart of Soho. Oh. And it's quite apt because we're quite near to the Windmill Theatre, which is, oh. I think, is still a striptease joint. Ooh, la la. Yes, um, yes. And we've got two, we've got one bambino, Joe, and a slightly larger bambino on an iPad. Um, <laughs> and we're really multitasking today. I'm the only one yeah. who hasn't brought a child. I feel a bit left out. I know. I know. Can I share Ray? They're quite Hip, Can I share Ray because I love her outfit, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to claim her a bit. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Anarchy's daughter is sitting there with headphones on. Looking she can't like she's hear, by the way, everyone. Don't <laughs> no, worry. So don't start sending in complaints because honestly, her ears are blocked up with enormous headphones. <laughs> and what's everyone wearing? Cherry, what is that get up I see? I am wearing a PVC crop top and PVC bottoms with a see through raincoat because, A, because the weather is just completely insane at the moment, mm. and also we're in Soho and it's wiped clean. Fantastic. You look sexy. Thanks so much. Um, well, I don't know. I thought I'd go against tradition and just go for wool. So <laughs> I've basically got a wool pinafore dress on. Um, it's quite itchy because I haven't got any underwear on. But it's warm and it, it's quite cosy. Um, and it is 100% wool as well. Who says practical isn't sexy, Anarchy? Exactly. I like to go against it. the grain and sort of shake things up a bit. And it's British wool, isn't it? Which is very good and Brexity. Yes, yes and it's a little bit smelly. Just because mm. it's slightly damp. Because you know, it gets a little bit damp mm. and smelly. Bit wet dog. Horny. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so. Um, Lisa. Oh, what, what am I wearing? Oh, okay. Well, as you can see, I'm dressed as one of the village people. And the reason is, is because I'm on maternity leave and I've, I'm not commuting. I'm not gallivanting as much as I normally do. I'm still gallivanting a little bit. 
but I basically obsess with my area as you know your kind of horizons reduce don't they when you're on mat leave and mm-hmm. I've just obsessed with the kind of I've spent a lot of time in the three roads around my house so I've become like a bit of a villager mm. and when I see people from outside my village I'm like oh you'll never guess what business is shutting down or you'll never guess what business is opening and oh, I know what that's all about and it's also about what's going on in Lidl so yeah. you know there's a lot of updates in my manner about what the special offers are in Lidl mm. so at the moment we've got Heidi Klum's children's range which is the talk of Lidl yes good la la. yeah so uh, yeah and now I'm that. in town I do feel like a villager and I just walk past a cafe which sells only lasagna I mean like 18 different types of lasagna and my mind is blown because I want to move there immediately <laughs> live in that shop this is town <laughs> this is the town so the reason we're talking about screen sex today is because uh, regular listeners to the hotbed will know that we have a live show and we ask our audience to answer sort of some sexy questions anonymously and one of them was when do you think about sex the most? And the answer that struck me, I don't know why, it's the most memorable for me, was um, someone who said, when I'm watching all the hot doctors on Grey's Anatomy. And I just <laughs> had this brilliant vision of someone watching Grey's Anatomy, which is still running. I mean, it's going on and on and on and on. It's funny because I totally missed the boat on that, Grey's Anatomy. Like, it's one of those mm. things, and I haven't watched one single episode of it. What about I Patrick? watched it a lot, and I, I've, I understand that statement deeply. There's so, something about an authoritative, yeah. decisive alpha male saving people's lives that just gets all all the spots tingling. And what is the name of the? Because there's one actor, George Clooney. No, that's ER, right? Oh, that's ER. What, oh, yes. No, um, Patrick, Grey's Anatomy. What? what pa- Patrick McKill. No, that's Not complete. Me. Patrick, really gorgeous Dempsey. dark hair. That's the right. Thank See, you. I do. I, I'm appreciative of his beauty. I thought you would I be. I haven't seen the whole show at all. See, he's our. He's sort of your generation Brat Pack, isn't he? Uh, and cuss. he's McDreamy. <laughs> he is. Well, oh, he's just lovely. Slash my generation. Just lovely. <laughs> slash your 100 years old. We've already gone into like my generation. Oh yeah, did you hear? Ken Dodd died. Uh, he's your generation. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm feeling like quite insulted now. I know that you're born. <laughs> I'll get you a doctor to soothe your pain. It's fine. You'll be all right in five minutes. So it made me think about sex on screen. And I just wanted to read out a little stat. So there was a survey into um, female film roles. And they found out that 26.4 female film roles featured nudity compared to 9.1% of male film roles. Does that surprise either of you? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, it's everywhere around us. Uh, women's bodies and women's sex sell everything, even like a shaving foam for women. Mm. You've got a woman half naked with her leg on the bath. But, or, you know, even for a shampoo, anything, a woman will get naked. Whereas for a man, he amazingly, a man can sell a car without getting his uh, man boobs out. Which is impressive, you know, mm. skills. Who knew? Who knew? So I wanted to ask you about good sex scenes and bad sex scenes that you've seen on film and TV and also masturbation scenes. So you don't see many women getting themselves off on telly or, or, or film. Mm. So go. The best uh, one I've seen recently, sorry to jump in right mm. in there because it's so fresh. I, I, last week I saw The Shape of Water. Yes. And the oh, beginning, she, you see her daily routine and there's a bit of a montage and she runs the bath and she cooks her eggs and then she knocks one out while she's waiting mm. for the bath to. And actually I went to, I, I went to sit with my boyfriend and, and, and he properly laughed. 
because I think I don't know if you see maintenance masturbation no. on screen very much you know it's not a kind of right let's get my lingerie on it's just a kind of sometimes I do it just to help myself get to sleep at night mm-hmm. purely for that and you know mm-hmm. it's got the added benefit feels it's, nice but mm-hmm. you know that that very um, and you know you don't make great big noises it's fairly it's a fairly quiet affair in fact mm. um, and because uh, and, and, it's not for anyone else it's for you so you're not putting on a show agreed and the way the film dealt with it was just so matter of fact it was like you yeah. say just part of her daily routine nothing special nothing glamorized definitely not a posh wank in her sexy underwear <laughs> with, a, with a vibrator um, so that's a great one so if you haven't seen Shape of Water watch it just for that and actually the sex in that is really hot with between really her, hot, and, her and the fish man yeah I feel like I'm fish kind man. of left out um, I've been harping on all week about um, single mother I'd like to fuck um, mm. which is a series on Sky Atlantic, I think, at the moment, um, about a woman in her 20s who lives in Boston and has got a sort of maybe two- or three-year-old boy, lives in a very tiny apartment. And actually, you see in the first episode, I think, her masturbating mm. with a very tiny sort of dildo. And interestingly, she's masturbating looking at pictures of her her ex-partner's new girlfriend. Oh, um, complicated. On Facebook, on Facebook. But what I really like about that is that it's a very, very sort of violent act. Like she she almost come, she sort of falls off her chair while she's doing it. And it's quite ugly. And it's not, mm. it's, it's not designed to sort of please a male viewer. Yeah. In fact, you don't actually see her body. She's kind of got her back to you. Mm. Um, so I just thought it was really realistic. Mm. Um, I wonder if TV is better. I know we've talked about The Shape of Water, but I wonder whether TV is better and sort of ahead of the curve in depicting mm. female yes. masturbation. Because I could think of two and recent examples. One was Fleabag. Did you watch Fleabag? Yes, yeah, I loved so. it. I love Fleabag. Good. And she has a little cheeky wank to mm-hmm. uh, Barack Obama, which I thought was yeah. fantastic. And it's again, so it's, funny. it's not gratuitous. There's no nudity. It's just she is doing this and she's owning it Mm. and the other one is a Netflix show called Love which is about a will they won't they couple in LA and she has a kind of we talked about the Deja wank hers is sort of an anger wank because (laughs) she set up the will they won't they guy up with her flatmate and they're on a date and she's just at home and it's just excruciating because she's sort of wondering what's happening a bit jealous a bit left out but yet she's the one that set them up and she's really bored and she's sort of pacing her flat and you just see her have a very matter of fact kind of anger wank Mm. it's funny because I knew we were going to do this obviously chat about sex in films and masturbation and stuff and there's quite a famous one which is in a film called Don't Look Now um, Nicholas Rogue and it's got Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland who's Kiefer Sutherland's mum Dad, dad, <laughs> friend, friend. Dog walker. But anyway, it's it's funny because actually, if you watch it, and I did watch it again yesterday, mm. um, it's a very realistic depiction of sex, and you actually see quite a lot of him naked, mm. and it's a couple that have been together and they've lost their daughter, and so it's it's very sad and poignant. And there was a lot of debate at the time, and still is, about the fact that the two actors were seen to be doing it for real. Yes. Um, so even now, I think I think they both deny it. But if you watch the scene, you just feel those vibes that this is definitely a couple that have got something going on between them. And there's none of that kind of, you know, shots of boobs and writhing and I wonder how stuff. many people are downloading that film right now <laughs> as as you speak you're, well, you're going to increase the downloads of that film like 100% I don't, the, it's funny because I'd actually seen it this sounds awful I watched I think the most terrible time to watch any sex scenes at all is obviously with your parents oh god and that film was on channel four and I think my dad and I were sitting watching it and that scene was just the worst thing on earth to watch with a parent 
I mean, I just mm. think generally. Oh, that's so painful. <laughs> so painful. Generally, it's awful. So it's like that. It's like dirty dancing. Loads of people watch that with their with their family because mm. you know it was a, you know family film, and then you know you have a bonk in the middle. Oh God! Oh. And it's literally Make it's it funny because your whole body just goes rigid, yeah. and all you want it to do is to finish. And I think I was kind of hoping that they would just cut to an ad, and um, my dad just kept clearing his throat. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of it's not Awful. it's not a film, but do you remember in the charts probably in the early nineties when there was loads of songs about sex? And I I think that there's a song by Colour Me Bad called I Wanna Sex You Up, oh, I remember mm-hmm. that which one. is a really unattractive sort of come Ooh. online, isn't it? And I think it was Salt and Pepper. Let's talk about sex, and they were in the chart at the same time, and it was always the charts were always on in the car on our way back from Granny and Grandpa's house, mm. and I was in the car and I just knew it was coming, and I would be with my mum and my parents, and I would just be wanting the car seat to swallow me whole. Mm. And awful. my tactic, because it was sort of basically every Sunday, this torture for me, and my tactic in the end was to bring a little Walkman with me, a cassette tape Walkman with my own music in it and mm. when that sort of top 20 was approaching I would just start listening to kind of Ghostbusters and things like that so that I didn't have to have that communal listening experience because it was just too embarrassing we had like literally my dad and I seemed to always be jinxed and we went to the cinema in Bromley and to see The Accused again another nice family friendly film to watch and there's like a sort of 10 minute rape scene in there oh, with Jodie Foster oh and, yes that um, one yeah Obviously, it's not sexy in any shape no, or form. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is like, this is, again, the worst possible film. So Dad and I now, I think when the telly's on, we just tend to walk out of the room just in case. <laughs> what so was the what was creepy. the one sex film? What, what was the one sex film? What was the one sex scene when you were growing up that really stood out as, as massively hot? So I have my answer really ready for this because I... As, Later on in the um, in the episode, you'll hear my interview with Karen Krizanovich, a uh, a sex doctor from the '90s, and we talk about this very topic. And my film was, a, I think it's a really bad film. It's called Sliver, and it's got Sharon Stone and Billy Baldwin in it. And I watched it when I was about twelve, and it was essentially sexual awakening I didn't know what the hell was going on I was watching it and there was so much sex in it and lots of nudity male nudity as well which I think is quite interesting because that's one of the first films I saw and I you know I've kind of yeah the 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 film since then haven't really lived up to it but um that for me was basically sexual awakening in one film and I was looking around the room thinking I wonder if everyone else is feeling like this what about you? Mine was Top Gun when he slams up against the wall. Cut. And then after that, the English patient when they have a quickie during that party. Mm. And it's just unbearably hot and amazing. Anarchy? Well, I had a I had a couple. One was Mickey Rourke, actually, does a film called... Mickey Angel- Rourke? Yeah, not as he is now, but oh. back in the day, he did a film <laughs> called Angel Heart with Lisa Bonet. And there's kind of a sex scene in that, which is quite disturbing. But mm. I was, this makes me sound very glamorous, but I saw it in Paris with a friend when I was kind of a teenager, I guess. And it was just, I mean, Mickey Rourke was really incredibly attractive um, back Anarchy, in the you give me such a time. great film list this weekend. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, he really was. Have. He was incredible. And the other thing that I think, actually, when I was younger, any John Hughes film, so even though you don't see sex, so if you see, I'm pretty sure The Breakfast Club is John, is that John Hughes? Is that Breakfast Club? I think it is. I don't know. Anyway, um, any of those films where basically you've got lots of young people together and there's lots of hormones. Yeah. And the Breakfast Club is all about this group of kids who are kept in detention on a Saturday morning. And there's just a lot of sexual tension between all of them. And actually, I don't think, I think at the end, there's probably a kiss. 
But yeah. it's all about that kind of rampant, you oh. know, when you see someone across a kind of classroom and your eyes are kind of locking together. And I think all of, I mean, I'm pretty sure St. Elmo's Fire, you know, all of those kind of films were pretty much fuel for fantasy at a kind of 11, 12-year-old kind of age. Rampant hormones and build-up. Yeah, very sexy, especially yeah. if you're going through it at the same time. Yeah, because actually seeing sex itself could be a little bit scary. You know, it's just yeah. that kind of the promise of something. Now, have either of you seen Trainwreck, the Amy Schumer film? Yes. Yes. Oh, great. Good. All right. <laughs> Definitive. Um, it wasn't homework, but, you know, I'm glad you did it anyway. So I think it's worth talking about that quickly because I think that her sex scenes are really interesting because they're not perfect they're not very fun sometimes and it's quite obvious that they're not very fun when she's not enjoying it she initiates sex quite often which I think is unusual to see and she's a woman with sexual agency so I was watching this film going yeah 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 and then it ended up being actually quite a conservative film because it was sort of then saying well she wants her happy ever after and then she's going to be happy if she's not sleeping around if she finds her kind of beloved and mm. what did you think did you agree with it's that it's funny because i don't remember that much of it and the only bit that i do remember is where she's got that wrestler guy yeah the bodybuilder thrusting away on top and she's looking quite quite bored exactly and i quite i, I definitely like that um and i love her actually but i struggle to kind of remember any of the other sex scenes in it so yeah but that sex scene alone is interesting because we're talking about sort of bad sex on screen we've talked about good sex on screen but i think that's because these are the exceptions i mean in general it's pretty basic and not very accurate whereas with the amy schumer one like we've all had well i'm sure a lot of people have had quite boring encounters where they've sort of been thinking I wish I wasn't here or I really fancied them and now I don't think we're very compatible and I'm just going to have to kind of live through this and it's just that little insight that little look in her eye that's kind of like eye roll what's going on that I think mm. is quite clever I once stopped someone in the middle of having sex and said I think we're both not into this um, well, you're we brave <laughs> it was an error why because he I thought he I, I felt like do you know what actually there's no uh, there's no chemistry here. This, uh, should we just? I mean, this yeah, is just. Why lie? Why lie? No, yeah. I can't. And um, and then and he actually looked really horrified. Oh, <laughs> but that's really I felt brave. really bad. Um, it was less brave than just a bit bored. Actually, mm. it was really bored. And and uh, life's too short to. Pretend. See, I think I. Um, I mean, it was you know, it was I. I was pretty. I was a hundred percent convinced that like you know, we neither of us wanted to. We were yeah. both kind mm. of a bit tired and couldn't be bothered. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, don't do that unless you're really sure, people. I'm interested <laughs> no. to know what our listeners think of that. Have you ever done that? Especially if you if there are any guys listening, and I know there are. Um, have you ever wanted to stop sex? in between um, acts or how would you feel if a woman it's because stopped? There's, we talk about, you know, b bad sex that's really horrific and traumatic and of course yes. that's mm. its own category and that's not at all what we're talking about. This is this is consensual sex that is just bad. A bit boring. A bit boring. You know when it just does <laughs> well, it's I all a bit know, clunky. Really, we're not going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember falling off the bed once and, uh, <laughs> and that was really funny and uh, it was at my parents' house uh, and that was bad. Uh, anyway, let's move on from I that. Just, but, you well, know, it's funny, I was thinking really that wrong. I wish I could have done that because I had some really painful experiences and I think I've written about them on our website, quite a few sort of teenage experiences. And one of them was when a guy had sex with me over my tights. <laughs> so I had very thick, <laughs> thick tights on. And did he pull best, them down? Well, no, I think he was just very drunk. And I remember thinking he was very cool because he went to St. Martin's Art College and we'd yeah. gone back to their dorm. Um, but he just thrust away on top of my tights. And the other thing that made it even worse was that my best friend was asleep in the same bed. Um, so I really wish that I'd just said, and actually I hadn't lost my virginity at that stage, so it was a real shame because he was really, I thought he was really attractive. He seemed to be really arty. 
there was this element of danger because the sort of the caretaker was wandering up and down the halls. And they weren't allowed to have any overnight um, guests. But he he seemed to not figure out that I had these very thick tights on. So actually the next day, all the girls were saying to me, we were walking up the King's Road and they were like, have you lost your virginity then? And I was going, <laughs> I'm not sure. Have because there sure. seems to be a bit of a mess on my sticky tight sort of oh, area. God. But I actually don't think it went in. Because it's, it would actually be quite a feat of nature if you managed to penetrate someone through mm, a pair of It depends of how baggy your tights are. I know. <laughs> yeah, they're fishnets. <laughs> It just felt very um, sad. Yeah. You would never see that. I mean, I, I, yes. It's a very, and you're right with with um, Amy's train wreck. Mm. Amy, I love. I'm calling first name Ames. Ames on Ames, uh, Ames. A game. Um, <laughs> you know, it's you don't really. You would never see that. I mean, please, can someone out there put a scene where someone has sex with a girl over her tights? Actually, Ladybird does. I've just seen Ladybird. I was very late there? to the party, and and you don't see I've it over tights, but. The sort of the losing the virginity scene is is quite awkward. Yes, yes um, it is. I'd recommend people watch that. And also, girls. Lots of the girls. Sec- um, baby Joe cool. is really unhappy about the situation. So <laughs> sorry about the snorting. Um, but yeah, girls has got lots of sex scenes that you haven't seen anywhere else. And it's very useful. I think it is very. Sorry to take this into a righteous place, but take it there. It's girl. incredibly. Take it there. I'm going, Lisa. I'm going. <laughs> Um, it's very useful because if you've grown up seeing good sex and bad sex, I think if I'd seen more bad sex, more awkward sex, I think I would have felt, A, not like, oh, my God, I must be doing it so wrong. I'm just going to say yes and just see what happens. Mm. I think you've got more sexual agency mm. to say, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Actually, totally. this is not not nice. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, you, when you're starting to have sex and starting to experiment with all of that, all you've got, all I had in my mind was this idea that it was just gorgeous and hot and sexy and wonderful. And mm. it's so not mm. sometimes. Yeah, and especially that sort of losing the virginity, that is definitely yeah. not, it's rare that it's amazing. But you don't know how to deal with it if you've never seen it. You just think, oh God, maybe I must be really terrible. Mm. Now I've been inspired by, have you heard of Alison Bedshaw? I think that's her name. Sorry for the snorting again. Um, She's a graphic novelist and she came up with the concept of women in film where she basically said all women in film only ever talk to each other um, about men. And so a film passes the test if there are two female characters who have a conversation with each other that is not about a man. Mm. And it is amazing how many films fail this Mm. little test. So... um, it's not a mark of quality at all, whether a film passes this test. I'm sure there's lots of great works of art that fail it. And, you know, of course there will be. But I thought, let's have a little stab at doing a hotbed test of how sex is depicted on screen. So I've, mm. I've written a few points. And what I would love listeners to do for their homework this week is to apply this test to what they're watching and to let us know, basically, because I think it'd be really great to have a bit of a survey of where we are. So here are my points, and you two might have something to add. Um, but point number one is, has the film or TV show been written, directed, or produced by a woman? Which I think is key, because the reason why we're not seeing great sex scenes, or why maybe we're beginning to, is because of a lack of women actually running the show. Yes. Mm, so and true. if they're not writing, if they're not directing, if they're not producing, and if they're not having a say in things, then how are we going to have our stories and our experiences such as tight sex told? Point number two... Is contraception mentioned or featured? We've talked about this a little bit before when we were talking about porn. But, Mm. you know, it's just... I don't really care, but I sort of think, is it doing a disservice to young people as they watch sex scenes on TV and think, you know, why why don't they ever have that awkward conversation about, well, have you been tested and are you on the pill and things like that? Mm. Why do they never have to get the sex flannel afterwards? Everyone's got a tissue or a sex flannel. (laughs) The sex sock. No, because when you stand up, gravity happens and it all comes out. But you never see in a film someone going, 
all right, I'll just sort myself out and then we'll go, mm. we'll go to sleep. Can really. you get me some yeah. tissue, please? Yeah. Let's have a little tiny aside. I'm not going to go on for long, but just the morning sex thing. I hate seeing that in films because people <laughs> smell disgusting in the morning. Breath. I know. And so Breath. people have this heavy night of drinking and then they wake up in the morning and start snogging and mm. then they start having sex. And I'm just thinking, you two stink like where's all gummage. Your breath stinks. <laughs> your body stinks. Go and brush your teeth, please. You mm. would not be doing that. No. So that's just no. an aside there. Number three, does the clitoris get a look in? This clitoris is the most underplayed character in Hollywood and on screen. Oh, I just don't think it's mentioned. Just left out. I mean, I think, you know, some women can orgasm through penetrative sex, but it is unusual. And therefore, I'd love to see a little bit more canilingus. Don't know how to say it properly. Can it, oral sex. I'd like to see a little bit more foreplay or just mention of the clitoris. Mm, yeah, it's true. It's really staggering, actually, how few women can come through just penetration alone. Mm-hmm. And yet that is 99% of sex. And I wonder how many men as well think that that really is. Exactly. I think lots of men think I also think this comes back to a piece we wrote recently um, about faking it yeah mm. so women think well I must be weird because I can't come through sex alone mm. so it's doing everyone a disservice yeah it's doing don't men fake and women. ban ban on faking now uh, point one two three point four if it's bad sex is it acknowledged as bad sex so the idea of this test is basically not to uh, make sure that every sex scene ever depicted on screen is like you know perfect there can be bad sex, like I talked about with Amy Schumer. It's just interesting whether it is depicted as bad sex or not. So is there an eye roll? Is there a conversation with a friend afterwards where it was like, well, that's not what I was after? Um, you know, we don't mind seeing bad sex. That's part of it, obviously. But is it acknowledged as bad sex or is it seen as, you know, good sex? Uh, point number five, nudity equality. So I want to see more naked men and more, as well as more naked women. I don't have a problem with nudity personally. Do you guys? I just no, think it should be I a bit more a equal. Na- like, very rarely do you see that very sexy view of a man's back. Oh, or yeah, even a like, penis. It's the hottest like, thing I ever. Say, like, I know that there were rules until quite recently that you couldn't see a penis An on TV. One. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's funny because he, I, I feel like, I mean, actually, a, a non-erect penis is not particularly erotic to look at. But well, it can be. It can be, yeah. I guess so, yeah. But I suppose, Billy yeah, Baldwin we don't. in Sliver. Michael Fassbender, just saying. Totally. I mean, Yeah, we, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Anyone else? to see them. Um, right, next point. Is consent clear? Um, this is pretty, you know, very topical at the moment. And obviously, we don't want to see them fill out a contract and whatever but ultimately it is a big issue for the next generation is you know how do you get clear consent well for our generation too how do you get clear consent how is it depicted on screen and there's actually a lot of sex scenes I found an article somewhere no sorry there's an Instagram account um, and I can't remember what it's called but I'll put it on our Instagram account where they've got a bit of a campaign against what they call stealthing, which is, you know, non-consensual sex mm. when you're having a bit of a fumble. And they talk, to, they talk about quite a few scenes where there's not clear consent. And the one that I remember is, um, uh, oh my goodness, I've forgotten the, what's the name of the, the film with Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Philippe? Cruel Intentions, that's mm. it. And there's the Selma Blair as a young girl is sort of, someone goes down on her. And it's sort of quite a funny scene, but actually if you watch it now, you're like, mm, not really cool. That's not cool. So because lot, she did, why? Because she doesn't... She says, he says, you have to kiss me. He's sort of bribing her and he's saying, you have to kiss me. Uh, you have to give me a kiss. So she agrees. And then he's like, I'm not going to kiss you there. I'm going to kiss you there. And goes down mm. on her. So, um, and she, I mean, I think she she is then seen as enjoying it. But it's, you know, it's this, this Instagram area. account took issue with that. And it also took issue with a couple of the girls' sex scenes because it said, you know, consent is not clear there. Um, body shaming is any body shaming going on I think this Mm. one's really relevant because obviously body confidence is a big deal I've seen a lot of films where there's a lot of fat shaming and it's seen as 
okay. It's seen as funny. And the example I, I thought of here, and it's not actually a sex scene, is um, a film called David Brent, Life on the Road, which is a spin-off from The Office. Mm. And he is an unsavoury character, obviously, David Brent. He's very un-PC. He doesn't get it. He's a bit racist. He's a bit... He just doesn't get it. But whenever he makes a kind of racist statement, he's seen as being a bit of a fool. And it's like the joke's on him. Whereas when he is taking the piss out of fat women, that's just the mm. joke, you know, and that's the end of the joke and we should just laugh at the fat women. And it's it's almost like the okay thing in comedy to do is mm. to... It's always, I mean, the, the, the mm. typical scenario is the fat, funny character. And yes. I think if you look through Hollywood films, even things like Pitch Perfect, uh, you know, Bridesmaids. And I love Bridesmaids. It's one of my favourite films, but it plays to that stereotype. Yeah. Mm. You know, obviously, she's overweight. We laugh at the idea of her having sex. It's like a scene where she tries to get her, you know, her wannabe lover in the toilet to have sex with mm. her. And it's it's funny. And the only reason it's funny is because she's overweight. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I love that actress so much. Um, but I think that there's another film where Gwyneth Paltrow suddenly turns into an incredibly fat person. And the hotty or the naughty. Yeah, and I just think, again, I get a bit tired of it. And I, I see it in, in British comedy all the time as mm-hmm. well. You see, like, French and Saunders. I love Dawn French again, but every time, you know, Dawn French in a leotard, that's funny because she's fat. And, mm, you know, it's yeah. kind of, it's difficult. I think we kind of moved on, though, isn't it? It's funny because it, in the sort of 10 years ago, that would have been fine. Mm. And I think now we're kind of a little bit like have something funny intrinsically about your character rather yes. than just go for the cheap joke which is the fact that you've you're a size 22 Absolutely. And you I think we're, now, we're now seeing examples of women who are larger than the media will tell us is acceptable mm. who are incredibly sexy and gorgeous mm. and extremely powerful in their sexiness mm. so the idea that if you're overweight you cannot be sexually incredibly mm. on fire isn't is old fashioned now mm, it is, and that's it? why it's exhausting because we've seen something new and it it's better and it's mm. it's less prescriptive so the next point is the viewpoint of the camera so female objectification is essentially when um, a scene is being filmed from the point of view of the man and it's all about the woman's body and again I have no problem with showing a woman's body I you know I don't think we should all be covered up handmaiden style but is it purely is the audience encouraged to look at the woman's body uh, and not at the man's? And, you know, from whose viewpoint is the film happening? So mm. have a look at that. Are there any racial stereotypes? Got to think about that too. Mm. Um, next point. Is the woman active or passive? So is she initiating the sex? Is she stopping the sex? Is she talking about the sex? Um, this is all mm. kind of quite interesting, I think. It's funny because all the things that you're going through, and I'm thinking, because I am a bit addicted to this new TV show, mm. and I do think, this single mum I like to fuck I think that it's directed by a woman written by a woman a woman performs in it as the main character and I think you can tell when you see the sex great so and there's not a hell of a lot of sex in it but I just think it's it's very it's kind of true to life Um, and she's actually quite sexually demanding Mm -hmm. and the men are painted as being sort of slaves almost to her and her desires which is quite liberating in a is way. it the other way because are we going to swing the other way so that men are objectified is it sort of that or not, not quite there no yeah. no i don't think it really does mm-hmm. um 
because that's the other thing, isn't it? Is that there was a whole period of time where you know the Chippendales and stuff like that, and that that felt that felt quite kind of current. And mm. I never really thought that was right either to sort of have these lots of gratuitous shots of men being oiled up. And it's yeah. a very it's a very sort of narrow vision of male. I've never been into that aesthetic anyway. I've never mm. been into the no neck, big Bobby pumped old. up. You know, so I never really understood I do women like who a bit went of to go myself. I have to say, yeah, I just well, didn't a lot of my friends it. love like really like Parisian artists. <laughs> I like some. I like some mm. macho. I like macho man. I like a macho macho <laughs> we man. Would be, we would be okay because if the three of us so went out, I think we all have very we would, distinct we types. We would never fight about mine, over mine, men. Mine, mine's basically. I quite the Pete Doherty type is definitely oh, mine. No. So oh. I mean, I don't him mm. personally, definitely not. But I don't want a man whose jeans I can't put on. I just um, can't be dealing with that. But I do think objectification is interesting because I find myself sometimes objectifying a man or men and um, and there's a time there's the, the, the uncivilised part of me thinks well what's well, fair is fair you know mm. men have been doing that to women mm. for decades it's our mm. turn that's obviously not very sophisticated at all mm. But, um, Do you know what's funny though? I was watching Loose Women. I'm a secret addict of Loose Women, oh, I and I absolutely show. adore them. And Not it's so always secret. around lunchtime. So I always at lunchtime yeah. I always sit down with my little sandwich and watch Loose Women. And they've had some male guests on there, and I've noticed that whenever they have a male guest, they will actually feel him up quite often. Yeah. So the ladies will lean forward and yeah. sort of squeeze his arm and touch him up and stuff and I think do you know what that's not appropriate like yeah. if there's a young male guest I think there was someone coming in who was on Strictly um, and he just and basically the, all three of them lunged at him and I was thinking I feel quite uncomfortable there mm, because mm. I can see in a reverse scenario that mm. just wouldn't be fair I know um, and I'm quite conscious of that too and one this is completely off topic but it's the final point I'll make on it is you often hear women talk about violence against men so they'll say stuff like I'll oh, punch him in the face I hear that mm. a lot and oh, do you want to punch him and I sort of think mm, I don't know if that was a man saying that about women mm. I just don't think that they would get away with it uh, for good reason right we're going to move on we're going to listen now to an interview that I did with a lady called Karen Krizanovich so I don't know if any of you we talk about the 90s a lot and the magazine that figured heavily for me in the 90s was called Sky it was a really interesting magazine it's no longer in print I mean there is a Sky magazine but it's the subscribers one to Sky TV it's not the same Sky magazine was a kind of youth magazine it was pitched to young men and young young women gay and straight it sometimes had that's baby joe sorry sometimes had men on the cover it sometimes had women on the cover they were equally equally sexualized it was really funny um and karen was the agony aunt and she had people writing into her about sex mainly and, and i that, remember her little picture actually because she used to have a quite a glamorous she had like glamorous blonde hair and red right. lipstick yes yeah, super yeah. hot yeah. and um she is now a film critic, so I thought, well, that's interesting because mm. I'm going to talk to her about the 90s and also about sex on screen. So we talk about quite a lot of things, uh, amongst them how she is very happy now in a new relationship. She's divorced twice and she's now got a younger man who she was looking at our Instagram account at the Hotbed Collective on Instagram and she was, she was looking at all our young Travolta pictures saying, oh, my new man looks a bit like that. And so she talked a bit about that, talked about growing up um, and the legacy of having a straight talking mum, which I think is really important. And we talk about sexy films. So here we go. Here is Karen Chris. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Novich. Sky was smart and spoke to everybody equally. And I don't think there's a magazine like it today, and I don't think there has been a magazine like it before. And it was great to be associated with it. They had some of the best editors, the best people, the smartest, the funniest, the most self-doubting. <laughs> great people. I'm still friends with some of them. Are you? Yeah. And was it, was it quite um, hedonistic? Were there lots of parties? Because certainly for me as a young teenager reading it and not really going out at that time, I'd mm. read Sky and kind of imagine you guys all out partying with Oasis and Danny Bear. And, um... Oh, yeah. I mean, there was that, but just... It, you didn't think much about it. You know, just kind of, oh, yeah. It just kind of... I think when, when that happens to you a lot, you, you just begin to think about what's important. Like, for me, was where can I write more? Um, where can I write more and where can I find more people to have sex with? I think those are the two things I was concerned about. And also, why aren't I skinnier and taller? <laughs> Has anything changed? No. <laughs> And would you, how would you describe your Dear Karen column? Dear Karen was supposed to be like Playboy advisor. It wasn't just sexual advice. It was supposed to be, I advise you about insurance and your car and mm -hmm. sound systems. Um, oh, but really? it turned out... There were not yeah. many questions about sound systems. None! <laughs> it was mortifying. Um, but basically, it's a comedy. It's ba it was basically just making fun of people with problems. But the gist of it really was... Okay, have you ever been talking to somebody and you've got a problem, you want to have their opinion, they give you their advice and you think, thank you, but that's crap. Mm -hmm. You know, you just yeah. think, that's just, you know, that's shit advice. So if, if you know what bad advice is, then you know what you're supposed to do, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really think that we all know what we're supposed to do. We just don't do it. You were known for being quite harsh and mm. um, to the point where George Michael had a go at you for it. Can oh, you just yeah. explain what happened? Yeah, I did. Um, I went to a party at Martin Miller's, the Martin Miller Gin, you know, and he used to have these enormous parties in Kensington. He put straw on the floor. I don't know why. Uh, you think, wow, this is a really nice house with straw all over it. <laughs> it's just kind of. So a couple that vomit, surely. Weird. I don't, you know, I didn't look. Um, so. My friend was over from America living with me, and she said, George Michael's upstairs. I said, he's not. 
Yeah, he is. Come on. Come on. I said, it's probably a looky-likey. You know? <laughs> so she drags me up there, and there's George Michael. And I was like, yeah, it really is George Michael. And he said, oh, Karen, you should, you should be nicer to your readers. And I was like, no. But the, the meanness is don't baby yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't faff around. If you've got something you want to address, just address it. Mm-hmm. You know, just bite the bullet. Eat the frog in the morning. Eat the toad. What is it? Eat a toad every morning. It's like the thing you dread. Mm-hmm. Just do, do it, it and get it over with. You got a lot of guys writing to you about their penis problems and their... Mm. We'll read one in a minute, but... Um, and you'd always just go, just go to the goddamn doctor. Go to the don't doctor. write to me. I don't want to go because the doctor's a woman. Okay. <laughs> because you don't want to use your penis with a woman. That's fine. Go to a male doctor. Just... I don't know. I, I just... I don't understand how why people are so meek and so worried and lack confidence. I just mm. I don't get it. Where did you get your sex education from? Because I'd say that sex education here, even in the '90s, was lacking, and mm. we probably learned most of our facts of life from you on that page. Good. Uh, where did you learn? Good. I'm glad you did <laughs> uh, because I'm right. Uh, my mother, my mother, who is still alive, bless her. Her name is Eve. Evangeline. What a great name. That's her real name. Um, She made sex, death, money, grieving, everything ordinary. Mm -hmm. Commonplace discussions. So I grew up with a mother that talked about orgasms. Wow. Talked about having sex with men. Talked about being married, marital sex. Right. Talked about dating. Talked about, um, you know, if somebody tries to rape you. She talked to me about that. Mm About men being aggressive about what men were like about women what women were like about what your body's like about what aging is like mm-hmm. everything my mother did not hold back and I thought everybody's mother was like that oh nice so I'd be like yeah well my mom says that he's supposed to make you come first I'm like what <laughs> so when I got married my mother's like so does he make you come first I'm like yeah good your father always did she said <laughs> your father was really great in bed so I just grew up thinking that was ordinary. Do you think much has changed in the kind of sexual politics, sort of the landscape between the naughty 90s and now? Do you think we're more puritanical, more permissive? I think, I think we're, we're two ways. I think people are not shocked by very much because so much goes on in porn. You can see so much yeah. on the internet. I and mean, I've seen stuff online that I thought, whoa, so that's, what, that's how you do that. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know everything. Um, and there's some stuff I don't really want to know. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool if you like it, uh, but I don't want to be there to clean up. <laughs> um, and in another way, I think that we are quite guarded and very... Uh, I, think, I think people are worried about how they look. Mm-hmm. I think that's primarily what, what it's about. And there's a movie coming out um, called I Feel Pretty with oh. Amy Schumer, mm-hmm. uh, which is about a woman who hits her head and she wakes up and she's, you know, she's not a model. Mm-hmm. Um, going around thinking she's really beautiful. She mm-hmm. goes, I know, it's me. Mm-hmm. And her friends are looking at her like, you haven't changed. No, I know, but I look so different. And it's, it's a great, a great premise mm-hmm. that we no longer get judged by what we're like, our kindness or our smart, or our humor. I mean, humor, obviously, you can read. Um, we're judged by our looks. And I think that that's what's changed about sex. You think it's worse now than it was then? Oh, God, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. We're a lot less judgmental. I mean, don't 
don't forget, I was alive before the internet. <laughs> I my teeth in. Um, and analog, we, we were always worried about what we looked like, but not to this extent. What have you learned about sex? Three things that you've okay. learned about sex that we should learn too. All right. Know when to fake an orgasm and when not to. Okay, let's elaborate on that. We've talked about that a lot on the Hotbed Collective, mm. and we basically say faking does a disservice to you and your partner, but <laughs> sometimes it's just quicker to get it over and done with. And you can fake it till you make it, is one theory. Yeah, you can. I'm in a relationship right now. It's a first for me out of the millions. I've had sex with probably every guy in this. Oh, not him. <laughs> just looking out the window. Um, I've had sex with a lot of people and it's been really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, not professionally, I have you know. But uh, I'm with a guy now that I have an orgasm with like every time. Mm -hmm. And I don't even have to try. I'm just thinking this is weird. This has got to stop. <laughs> um, whereas before, I always had trepidation about I'm not going to have an orgasm. He's going to think he's a failure. Mm -hmm. And it's basically because I'm anxious that it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like going into a, a lab every mm -hmm. day and going, experiment isn't going to work again. Which is so unsexy. <laughs> no, we'll just make this explosion with this powder. <laughs> but it's not the chemical reaction we want. So I think you have to accept that it, it can't be about the orgasm because otherwise it just gets to be like the Olympics every time. Mm -hmm. You don't want to take off your clothes and go to the Olympics every night, do you? I was going to ask you about sex on screen, so you work as a film critic. I do. Um, can you just tell us, because we talk about sex on screen a lot, and why <laughs> we don't see realistic sex or great sex for women on screen. And I know that those two things aren't the same, <laughs> so realistic sex may not be good sex for women. Um, but can you tell us about a film that you've seen that has a, a, a good sex scene that we should be watching? Okay, I, my references are really old on the sex thing. Um, I think one of the sexiest films, one of the sexiest relationships you'll ever see is in The Third Man, which is, yeah. it's really, it's really, really old. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's noir, Myrna, right? Myrna, Myrna Loy and um, William Powell, I think. Yeah. Which is, if, if you're going to aim for a relationship, it's their relationship. Granted, he's drunk all the time and she's an heiress. But never mind. Okay. That's, that was, that's sexy to me. They there's don't not really actually any sex in this there film. There is no actually, yeah. there's not actually any sex, but there's a lot of hinting yeah. about it. And I'm not being unhinting, I like to do it. Okay, so um, I would advise you look at, and I haven't watched it for a while, The Big Easy, mm -hmm. Ellen Barkin and, Daniel, and, and Dennis Quaid. I know they're old people now, but there's a great sex scene in that where she, I mean, Ellen Barkin has got to be one of the best on-screen sex actresses. Um, she's also in Sea of Love with uh, Al Pacino. Mm -hmm. Also, Sharon Stone in my, this is my, Dirty secret. No this such one. thing here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sharon Stone is sliced alone. Oh my god. <laughs> In a really bad movie called The Specialist. The Specialist. The okay. spe it's so bad. Hot, hot sex. It's so bad. But they have sex. And they look amazing, and it's in the biggest bathroom you've ever seen. The <laughs> biggest private shower. You could fit elephants in there. I'll get off on that alone. It's just, yeah, I know. Some of the. <laughs> Look at that bathroom. Some of the, I know. I gotta have that wall. Look at that fixture. Um, and that, that's amazing. I love Sharon Stone anyway. She's amazing. So, have you seen Sliver, which is my guilty pleasure? Mm. Sliver, Sharon Stone and Billy Baldwin. Mm. And I watched that when I was quite young, and I didn't know what was going on. But that's I knew it pretty was good. wild. <laughs> yeah, Billy Baldwin. It's like, oh. 
why couldn't it be Alex when he was young and hot? Thank you so much, Karen. It's been lovely talking my, to you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank and you for I'm, your time. It's always great to talk about sex. As she says, it's always good to talk about sex. That was my interview with Karen Krizanovich, the former agony aunt on former 90s magazine Sky. Um, that's us wrapped up for this episode, isn't it, ladies? Oh, so, Lisa, oh, yes. thank, you, thank you for bringing your lovely son in today because he's just been... What about my lovely daughter? What about my I'm lovely daughter? I'm obsessed with Ray, partly because <laughs> I just want to copy her entire look and her hair. But Joe's just been sitting there and it's really nice. He's been um, smiling He's a changing lot. so much, isn't he? Mm, he's so kind cute. of hotbed mascot now. He is. So he was in my tummy uh, when we recorded our first episode and now he's nearly four months old. So. He's just sitting on your knee, staring at Anarchy like... He's completely in love with her and he thinks she's Aww. the funniest woman he's ever seen in his life. He knows so Anarchy cute. and Cherokee. 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 Oh my God. That, that's your couple's Anarchy. name. Have we got Anarchy, yeah. Cherokee and Lisa Keys. Lisa Keys. So he knows Anarchy and, uh, Anarchy and Cherry's voices probably better than there's he knows There's something funny going on today fathers. with not being able to remember words, isn't there? I think there's a few little, it's, it's a funny thing. I think it's something in the air. Definitely. So that's us for this episode. Please listen to us next week. It's the final episode of the series and it is called like starring in our very own budget rom-com so uh how was that for you if you enjoyed it as much as we did we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the hotbed on apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen each one makes a massive difference Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart. And it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you.